0: Welcome to Missed Opportunities for Good, the podcast where we open up the space to have conversations about trends and campaigns at the intersection of marketing,
1: advertising, and impact. Hi, I'm Alana Ficalora. Hi, I'm Steph Belsky. We're social impact strategists, colleagues, and friends who are on a mission to revolutionize the industry we love. Today, there's a lot
0: of virtue signaling, greenwashing, cause washing, or companies saying nothing
1: out of fear of getting it wrong. Whether it's a moment or a movement, it still has to be real. It has to be authentic and aligned with the brand, not just performative. It's about the action being taken that goes along with the messaging. We're here to highlight who's doing it well, what could be better, and how companies can
0: stop leaving money and the potential for real social change on the table.
1: Our guest today on Creative Conversations is Luke Purdy. Luke is the Director of Sustainability at Wyden & Kennedy, leading global sustainability efforts. He was the driving force to get Wyden B Corp certified and become the first global network of agencies to obtain certification. Welcome to Missed Opportunities for Good, Luke let's get to know you a bit better. So if you can tell us, Luke, why do you do what you do without saying what you do?
2: Yes, so there's this quote that I love and I try to use it in all my presentations and it's from David Attenborough in 2020, who said, saving our planet is now a communications challenge. And I truly believe this, And it brings meaning to my work. It brings meaning to all of our work in the communication field. We have what it takes to get things done. We just need to convince people to take action. And so that's one of the biggest hurdles to overcome and one of my biggest goals in doing this job.
1: Naps. I love that so much. (laughs) Yes. So, so true though. It's so real. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, we we have a big job. You especially, my friend, have a very big job.
2: (laughs) We all do. But yeah, I mean, I think everyone, you know, and everyone in the industry, I believe, and particularly at my company, Wyden Kennedy, does care and is always looking for ways to help. And it's a matter of finding those opportunities and, and kind of giving people permission and telling them like, hey, just go for it. Just do it. And, you know, drive some change. So that's hopefully as we can kind of build up the education of people and find more opportunities out there. Absolutely.
0: So along those same lines, what first drew you to doing impact work?
2: Yeah, so I've always grown up in the outdoors. I'm from Colorado. I've always had a connection to nature. And over my career at White & Kinney, I've been lucky to be a part of some really great campaigns and working with different organizations that were really driving a difference and making a difference in the world. And so I think through that experience, it really reinforced my beliefs that being in the business world and in the position that we hold and the relationships we hold, we have um, direct access to a lot of resources, funding, very powerful brands that you know making small changes make a huge difference in their supply chain or channeling marketing funds to help NGOs or or different causes out there and so that is something that through time and time again it's repeated seeing the the impact we can have is really you know drew me into the impact space and then the other thing really is the B Corp certification and that process and so I've now led it twice and I've learned a lot in each of those times, <laughs> but going through it even the first time, I think a great example is, you know, we were scoring well across many things, including like workers. We have great benefits, things like that, but we were not scoring well in the environmental section on our first yeah. go. And yeah. it wasn't that we were a really bad company by any means. We recycle, we try to do good, but we weren't measuring. We weren't, didn't have reduction targets. We didn't have things like that in place. And so by going through that B Corp certification, it taught me firsthand the importance of data and measurement and improvement, because if you have no sense of where you are along that journey, it's, it's hard to set tangible goals and actually improve and show progress. And so that has been a huge learning going through that process of, of measurement and also writing things down, putting things into policies and processes and stuff that will make sure people follow it long after I'm gone. And yeah, make it kind of a permanent practice.
1: But that is such a good point too, mentioning how even not getting it the first time or not knowing where you are the first time and that it is a journey and that the first step is taking the first step and that you actually need to start in order to find out where you truly are and where you need to go and how that can help keep the motivation going. And to grow.
2: Exactly. And, you know, when I first positioned it and talked to our leadership about it, we weren't confident we were going to get it by any means, get certification. But at the same time, I knew that it would be a really great learning experience. And so for our company and and we like to think of ourselves as a good company and that we do good things. And so it was like, well, let's see where we actually stack up and what's our score versus other companies' scores. And so going through that process actually gave us a score. And and then, you know, it gives you a roadmap to improve. So it's it's been a really great driving force, I think, behind a lot of the things that we're now pursuing as a business.
1: And just to follow up on that, do you... Mind talking a little bit about what motivated the drive to go for a B Corp certification and why, why I didn't agree that it was valuable to do so and how it's helping your agency push forward all of these goals and the business yeah, value sure. that you found in that?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, it's there's no secret. If you read the news for five minutes, you see climate change happening. Yeah. You see, uh, you know, regulations happening in the business world in particular, and any publicly listed company needs to, you know, report on what they're doing to help combat climate change. So it's a growing expectation in the business world. We are firmly in the business world, working with multinationals from all of the industries. And as, you know, our role as a creative services company is to kind of be an advisor and a consultant to these businesses. And so, you know, one thing I had said to our leadership is that this is just another thing that we should be advising on. So of course, there's creativity, there's strategy, but it's, you know, business strategy and, and sustainability is a, is a big one now. And so we need to first understand it ourselves. We need to practice what we're preaching and make sure we're stacking up, you know, in a in a good way. And then trying to translate that into how can we help our partners to do better. So by no means we'll ever say that we're a perfect company because there's no such thing as a perfect person or a perfect company. Even the best ones out there are not perfect, right? And so we went into this always as this is a continual journey of improvement. And we scored enough to certify. Were we perfect? Absolutely not. And we've got a lot of work to do and, and, We're trying to do the work ourselves and and hopefully inspire our partners to do the same.
0: Careful, Luke, you might get a side hustle doing B Corp (laughs) certifications across the world.
2: I know, I know. I'm a big fan boy. so uh, yeah. (laughs) So good. Well, it's it's no small feat. And
1: congratulations, really. Kudos.
2: Yeah, well, thank you, thank you.
1: I imagine this will tie into what we've been talking about so far in the sense of sustainability and climate change. But what issue area or areas are you most passionate about personally?
2: Yeah, I am most passionate about how we can drive cultural action and change Mm -hmm. And, and being in the communications field. That is that is what we're doing and ties to obviously, you know, David Attenborough's thoughts on it as well. So, as advertisers, we're great at creating trends, building demands for products. So, why not turn that focus towards creating interest in solutions? And that includes, you know, making, let's say, plant-based meats really appealing. Yeah. Let's make vehicles sexy. Let's make sustainable behaviors the norm. Just really try to drive kind of it to be. Interesting and engaging and not preachy, you know, just entertaining, I think, is a, is a big challenge. And once we can make communications around sustainability fun mm-hmm. and entertaining, it'll really help drive adoption and, and change behaviors.
1: Yes, there's such a need for that.
0: <laughs> Truly.
1: So I I think probably
0: the global B Corp certification is one of the more impactful projects you've worked on. But is there another project that that you worked on that you really saw a huge impact that you're most proud of?
2: Yeah, definitely. There's a, there's a few, all, but I think maybe my most proud one is because we got some like, outside validation too from Harvard Business Review named it one of the top business transformations of the 2010s, which was really exciting. But it was for a company called Orsted, and they are a Danish um, energy company. And when we started working with them, it was, it was probably back in 2017, they were named Danish Oil and Natural Gas, and they were a kind of a normal energy company. 85% of their energy came from black energy sources. Yeah. They wanted to switch to making that 85% renewables. So they had this huge ambition, this big dream, which is perfect for, you know, any agency wanting to work with a client that's going to drive change. So all <laughs> credit to them. But the role we played in that was, was a big one in that you're changing the identity of a company, not only the name of it, from Danish and Natural Gas to Orsted, you know, the entire branding behind it, the entire kind of, I guess... The entire kind of personality of the company and the identity. And so it, it was a big undertaking. It took a year and a half at least of just really getting inside the company. And one of the first places we started was just, how do you sell this to all the employees of the company? Yeah. Because they're going to wake up. And one day they're working at this company, have one job to do, one dream. And, and the next day they have a new mission. You know, They're in a new place. Secondary to that was investors. And Basically, you're telling investors you're going to walk away from something that's made you incredibly profitable into this new unknown space and what's going to happen. And it was a gamble, seen as a gamble at that time. And so really giving them the talking points and helping them with the communication is going to instill kind of some some faith from the investors. And then finally, of course, there's consumer facing communications yeah. and they, you know, everyone in Denmark gets an energy bill from, from them and communicating to them that, hey, now your energy is coming from renewables. We're investing in offshore wind. And it was just a really fulfilling process to be a part of and kind of see a company successfully transition themselves from a black energy company to a renewable energy company. And it was something that they had ambition to do. Over an extended period of time, and they did it in well under a decade. And since making that transition in 2022, they're named the most sustainable company in the world. Wow! So that shows from we were doing that work in 20 in 2017, and it's 25 years later. They're the most sustainable company in the world. So it doesn't. This doesn't have to take 40 years, 50 years for companies to do. This can be done if you if you have complete leadership buy in buying from investors, from your employees, you go for it. And so that was, yeah, I have big love for Orsted and I think it's just a phenomenal company and that they really for it and prove that that you could do it. And it makes business sense. They've been very profitable and I wish other businesses would follow their lead. Especially
1: well, energy companies. There's such a stigma against everyone thinks any any other energy company that comes out and says they have any sort of Sustainable goals is greenwashing at this point because they're not taking big steps to actually have that transformation. But seeing a company mm-hmm. being able to fully transform in five years, no less, and become the most sustainable company is quite impressive.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you yeah. have a
1: case study or a link we can share in our show notes for that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'll awesome. share a case study. Great.
1: Amazing.
0: Wow. Yeah, I I actually worked on a, a similar rebranding project for the energy company of Michigan, and yeah. it is not an easy task. And I, and I love that you really hit on all of the stakeholders because you have to right, especially when you're doing a huge rebrand like that. You need to get employee buy in. You need to get investor buy in, and and it needs to come from the top down. So, well, yep. well done. Absolutely. Love that. Absolutely.
2: Yeah and you know I think oftentimes when you're talking advertising you're talking consumer advertising and, and the less exciting stuff sometimes can feel like it's B2B right. or you know B2G but, you know business to government but I found that to be quite interesting yeah. and and some of the most exciting works particularly in the sustainability space is communicating directly to businesses directly to governments who are going to fund these transitions and uh, take action and and You know, that's super important. Obviously, it's important to educate consumers and try and inspire actions from consumers. But I really think consumers want change and looking for businesses and governments to provide that change. There's only so much you can do as an individual person in recycling or composting or taking public transit. But you need wholesale change from, you know, companies in order for this you know, climate transition to really happen. Right. And so many,
0: so, so many research studies have shown that consumers actually believe that it's businesses that are going to make the real change in, in our societal issues. So yeah, I think the more we can prove this again and again, that companies actually do give a crap and are making that change. That's how the world's going to
1: change period yeah it's great great on that note what's the biggest challenge you're facing right now in the work that you're doing
2: yeah so there are many i mean i would say first i feel lucky in that i'm at a company that is embracing this and is you know very very much a champion and of you know change for sure but i would say in general it's more of a psychological thing with, with human beings and changing behavior that is deeply embedded in how businesses operate and travel is a really big one and people don't often check in with themselves to ask if they really need to travel um, or if they're just doing it it's the way it's always been done and so trying to kind of provide more guidance around that and, and I think if there was any good things that came out of COVID and the global pandemic it was that everyone kind of slowed down and stayed in place for a while and and we got more used to doing business over, you know, video conference calls and, and it has helped to limit some of, some of that travel, at least the other is, is, is around productions and how we do productions in the industry. So it's, you know, related to travel for sure, but there are many wasteful practices happening within the production and how we do productions that we're all working on, on learning and everyone's been really receptive to it. And we've got kind of guidelines that we've been we've been rolling this out across all of our offices to to do these more sustainable productions and so it's a big part of what we do in the ad industry and there's you know many of these happening at all times around the world and so even if you're cutting emissions back 10 percent or 20 percent, it makes a big difference these little efforts and so yeah that's been those are the things that right now are probably the biggest focal points for like going to create the biggest amounts of change there's little things we can do in our offices yeah that will help but looking for like the big impact things i would say travel and productions are big ones
1: yeah which is a big behavior change and then yes degrading the bid and <laughs> making productions more sustainable because there's there's yeah. certainly a lot of work to be done especially in the u.s i know and i imagine internationally as well in making the on-set experience more sustainable the post-process all of it so yeah that
0: so before we jump into the campaign that you brought to us today, um, let's just quickly review our criteria for our listeners. So the first criteria that we look at is alignment.
1: Second, we have partnerships.
0: Third, call to action and transparency. Next is engagement. And lastly, we look at optimization and amplification.
1: So on that note, Luke, if you would like to please tell us about uh, a campaign that is doing it well, do you mind giving us a quick summary of the creative that you've shared with us today?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the campaign I chose is called Clean Air Wins, and it is an out-of-home campaign that's live across London right now, and it's and it's about um, air pollution awareness, uh, and it is for a charity called Clean Air Wins, and. Every borough in London breaks the World Health Organization's toxic air guidelines, which is quite shocking. And I'm sure that's the case in many big cities. And dirty air costs the NHS over 20 billion pounds per year due to the severe harm on the public's health. And the campaign is really an effort to raise more broad public awareness of this issue that many people don't know and inspire action to volunteer and demand change from officials. And so the out-of-home campaign... Has a line that says, You wouldn't drink it, so why breathe it in? And it shows, you know, various pictures of people drinking a really kind of dirty, sludgy mix. (laughs) And I think it really drives home the point of, Yeah, you know, there's we have all these clean water standards, but we don't have these clean air standards. And it's, it's this invisible thing. So I think it's quite hard to visualize and and they've done it in a really brilliant way to bring it to life. And then, you know, there is it it gives a little information about that the boroughs breach the World Health Organization's toxic air pollution limits and to join the fight for clean air and and scan to sign up and get people involved. Amazing. Such a
1: great campaign.
0: I think one of the most impactful images I'm looking at is the baby bottle saying, you know, he wouldn't make them drink it. So why make them breathe it? Oh, it's just, yeah. Thinking about future generations, you know, that is one of the leading messages that we need to drive home the most. So seeing that happening in in real time is necessary and important.
1: And the breadth of types of drinks. So there's everything from the baby bottle to the young girl to adult to a beer (laughs) glass. Which I think, you know, if. If ever, you can't relate to any of the other ones, which you should be able to relate to, there's still a beer glass for you, which, <laughs> you know, you can right. of that. They know how
2: to reach Londoners.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. Yes, this is awesome. So shall we get into the evaluation part of the process? Yeah, let's do it. So
0: first is alignment. Is the impact aligned with the brand values and goals?
2: What do we think? I would say this one's a bit of a cheat, too, because this is for a charity. So it's very focused on a very individual thing versus a brand with a more broader mission.
1: Yes, it's very aligned.
0: (laughs) Yeah, It's funny. This is almost like a PSA in creative form, you know, but because there is, is there a brand associated with this?
2: There is... There's So there's the charity behind it, and then there are, uh, you know, people that support it as well, different different supporters. It's supported by C40 Cities and the UK Healthy Air Coalition, so kind of other collective of leading health um, and environmental organizations. Great.
1: And is that, so C40s is a collective of different environmental health organizations across, is it just across London or is it across the UK? Sorry, I'm Googling simultaneously.
2: It's this one. I think C40 is a global network, and then the others are UK-based.
1: Very cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And we will share more about C40 in the show notes as well. Yeah. So next, partnerships. In this case, it seems like they're we'll link them all together. So often we talk about if there's talent or influencer partnerships or nonprofit partnerships or other brand partnerships. Obviously, this is for a nonprofit, but it's also part of a larger coalition. It looks like, right, with C40.
2: Yep. And so they're they're trying to inspire you to take action, to sign up, to volunteer in this coalition and to, you know, help kind of basically become an activist and, and drive change to fight for clean air in the city.
1: Yeah. Oh, and I'm looking now at the C40 website and they do have different, the funders range from Philanthropies and Foundations and other associations to the UK government, to Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Denmark, the Clean Air mm. Fund, Climate Works. So it's, IKEA is one of the funders, L'Oreal Foundation, Oak Foundation. So it's, it, it does have a wide range of both family foundations and some company foundations as well which is very cool. That's
0: fantastic. And along those same lines, you know, I wonder what kind of donation was made on behalf of all of those family foundations and and corporate involvement, you know, was was there a donation or did they just come together and say, we want to create an out of home activation. So yeah, we'll, we'll have to do additional research on that, but. But it, I'm, I'm certain that there is some
1: kind of donation involved. And in scrolling down further on the note of donation, those are just the major funders. We're mostly foundations. So when you get into the general funders, there's also FedEx and Google as some of the brands that are global brands that are incorporated in here. Excellent. I mean, there's a number of companies. So there's, there's quite a number of partners in the C40, probably 40 partners, I guess. I don't know. But that's very cool. But <laughs> does 40 sound for something else? Now I have questions. The World Bank is even in there. There's all sorts of climate initiatives, Clinton Foundation, all sorts of different partners. So very cool.
0: And we always wonder uh, how those other companies are are pushing, are promoting this yeah. campaign as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, sometimes these companies they'll operate, you know, behind the scenes, offer strategies or PR or financial support, things like that, to, to charities. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
1: On that, the follow-through, is this a one-off campaign or a long-term campaign? I imagine the clean air wins piece of the campaign. Is that a newer campaign in general?
2: This is a new campaign that just launched this week, I believe, in the UK. I think the initiative itself, it seems like through the coalition, there's a long-term initiative. They have, you know, to get involved, you can sign an open letter there are volunteer toolkits. They have an active Twitter account and are often sending updates to their grassroots team. So mm-hmm. it's definitely an active, long-term movement versus a one-off moment. Yeah, campaign
0: with a very clear call to action, which is fantastic. Multiple, yeah. And it looks like there's a there's also a QR code on the out of home creative too. So. That's great. I imagine that encourages to sign a donation or to sign a petition and and rally behind this, which is fantastic.
1: Yeah. As you were saying, the calls to action, once you go to the website, they have five ways to get involved. It's all very clean and obvious. Sign our open letter for Clean Air. Share your story. Check out the volunteer toolkit. Follow Clean Air Wins on Twitter and sign up for updates for the volunteer team. The share your story, too, is interesting I'd be curious to see where those go. But it asks, why do you care about air pollution? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of interesting because it adds a personal touch to it, right? And it, and it gives that human connection piece.
2: Would exactly. Think? I think it's always great to gather signatures and show that there's a broad range of support. But I think when you want to change the hearts and minds of your politicians and, and just kind of broader people, having those personal stories and moments of connection, you know, to people you identify with, whether it's it feels like a friend or your mother or your daughter or, you know, anybody that, that's impacted by this. Exactly. Absolutely. And, you know, Absolutely that cool. really, that nails it in terms
0: of the community engagement piece of it. I think it's that's crystal clear. But I wonder what these companies are doing to engage their employees. Like you talked about earlier, employee engagement is so critical in terms of of these bigger movements. So I would be curious to know what these companies are doing hmm. to be continued.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think so we covered call to action. We covered transparency, I think, in a sense that this messaging is very clear. Yep. And their action is very clear in that they are pushing to get Londoners to speak up and get the government to change policies to actually push for change. It sounds like. Right.
0: So where, where else have you, have you seen this Luke? What sort of cross promotion is happening behind the
2: scenes here? So far it's mostly been across LinkedIn and and places like that and on, you know, social channels. So it seems like they have a a decent media buy and and Uh, London so hopefully a lot of people are seeing it in the streets and you know like most cities people Londoners they're they're out on the streets taking public transit so you know subway and bus shelters and things like that people are it's high impact people will come across the message
1: oh and here sorry circling back it looks like the big push of the campaign is that to get the national government involved Because apparently London is one of the only major cities in Western Europe that doesn't receive direct government funding for public transport. So the call is to get national government to invest in solutions to reduce the toxic air and to fund projects for walking, cycling and better public transport and vehicle scrappage schemes targeted to those that need it most. So it is interesting in that sense that I'm sure along with the getting the government to take action, there's subliminally probably a push for people to also get their companies to take action in supporting this as well, just by Absolutely. being more knowledgeable, right? And knowing if your company it happens to be a company that would also contribute to the pollution beyond just vehicles and roadside pollution. Very cool. Yeah. And, cool. and, you know, I think
2: getting governments involved is the, is the solution in all of yeah. this and there's other cities that have shown it does work. Paris is one example where mm-hmm. they limit the amount of, you know, car traffic in the city center during certain days of the week. Exactly. And it's proven to significantly reduce the air pollution.
1: Mm-hmm. And, so and when something's mandated by the government, it forces companies to act, right? That's right. Yeah. So it pushes for larger global action and systems change when the governments are actually on board and creating policies. To your point, too, back to the B Corp, right? Having the policies and a guide helps people remind people and, and frame their reference when doing anything of how to act. So that is great.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, governments, you know, they can be innovative at times, but primarily I feel their role is to enact regulation and to kind of enforce change, and then businesses will innovate because they are forced to. Couldn't agree yes. more.
0: Yeah. So then, all right, friends, what what do we think is a missed opportunity for good here? Are there additional opportunities for greater impact? In- what do we think?
1: I'm just checking out their Clean Air Wins toolkit, which I think is genius. And I love this approach when you're given... Not just the actions that you can take, but how many minutes it takes. It kind of gives you this Mm -hmm. like subliminal message of, okay, well, I only have five minutes. Well, you don't have an excuse because posting something on social will only take five minutes. But if you have an hour, here's how to attend a messaging training. And so I think having this, I was going to say one sheet, but it's actually a three sheet, three pages document is genius. But then on that note, a missed opportunity maybe is Having all of these partners of C40 or anyone within any offices or organizations that have a presence in London to be able to integrate it within their companies and their consumers to be sharing it out within their messaging. So it's not just solely the out of home campaign, but it's coming in to your employees, to your direct consumers in whatever marketing scheme you already have set up so that it's kind of just integrated in an extra little reminder and kind of getting everyone from all angles and engaging people. Like maybe they could, you know, if there's company as a London office that they set aside an hour and and have almost like a lunch and learn where everyone gets to do the messaging training together or at the beginning of a meeting, everyone takes five minutes to post on social media a piece of this just to help spread the word as much as possible. Yeah. And
0: and some of these companies might be doing right. We just we don't know. But it will be interesting to go on to some of the social media platforms of L'Oreal and of those other companies and see who's really pushing this campaign forward.
1: Steph, I know you're going to come here with a, what talent do you think should be engaged in this?
0: (laughs) Great question. Yeah, I hope a lot of London (laughs) people are engaged in this i I would be curious to know who is supporting this campaign. But, like we talked about, it sounds like it's primarily these um nonprofits and different foundations and corporations that are leading the charge here. So yeah.
2: I do believe, actually, I was reading that there is going to be an influencer film that's going to follow up. so it hasn't huh.
1: Very cool, because that's I always a movie like in a day stay,
2: <laughs> stay tuned. Are. i Keep like that, that also
1: emphasizes the long-term nature and, and impact of the campaign as well right that there's more pieces that are going to be released as part of it which is very cool yeah that's great
0: yeah
1: i just got a visual image of an influencer like talent looking at these i don't know glasses of disgusting water being like i wouldn't drink this so why would we do right <laughs> like whatever i don't know i'm not the creative person clearly but but you can see how there could be other pieces to this that can help drive the impact. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going down a rabbit hole. Lots,
0: lots of fun, fun opportunities for content, for sure.
1: Yes, this is such a great campaign, Luke. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Where's yeah. our campaign in the US? Can they, I guess this is the missed opportunity. <laughs> there we go. Now that we're doing it in London, once it's successful there, as I imagine this should have some great impact. Can we bring it to other cities where we need some real, real change that this is an international organization? Because it looks like the Los Angeles mayor, Garcetti, is leading it in 2019 and 2021. So, you know, L.A. could certainly use this messaging as well. I know we're doing something, California, but
2: we could always be doing more. Yeah, C-40 operates in quite a few, well, many major cities in Mm. North America. So hopefully we'd love to see this roll out. Yeah. Amazing.
1: So on that note, thoughts? thank you, <laughs> Luke, for joining us. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience or where can folks learn more about you and your work?
2: Yeah, Wieden and Kennedy or WKAmsterdam.com. I also I sometimes write in the blog there. But yeah, I, I would say it's not necessarily about me as much as it's just about trying to drive change. And I hope anyone who's listening is feeling inspired and encouraged to See what they can do with their own company, at big or small. This stuff all takes time, and it's something I've been doing for many, many years. And it's and it's starting to pick up and snowball. And I'm seeing, you know, things like the B Corp certification inspiring everyone throughout the company to change their behaviors and think a little bit differently. And so sometimes it's small wins, sometimes it's bigger wins. But I think as long as you know we're all kind of paying attention and doing our best to to kind of change business as usual and to kind of adopt new practices that are going to be more healthy in the long term. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get there one day.
1: Yes, celebrating both those little and big wins, right? So they can continue to snowball mm-hmm. and have a bigger impact and it's going to take all of us. So, yeah. Yeah. Every little bit counts.
0: Thank you Luke for really being the light, shining the light and and leading by example to show us how people can be doing this right and how we can reduce the missed opportunities for good.
1: We want to hear from you. Let us know what campaigns are you seeing that are doing it well? Who would you like to see us interview and what campaigns would you like us to audit?
0: Thank you so much for joining us today and on our mission to revolutionize the industry that we love. I'm